Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack podcast. Happy Friday, recording later than usual to accommodate my personal schedule here at home. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. The email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the FlowTrack podcast YouTube page. You can subscribe to the FlowTrack YouTube page, too, where... There's a whole bunch of great races up there from this week's Continental Tour meet in Hungary. So if you're just wanting to reminisce on some great track and field, check out Flow Track and the Flow Track Podcast on YouTube. Gordon, good afternoon. How are you? I like how we revolve this podcast around your personal schedule. How does that feel being yep. the reason that we're starting, you know, what, two and a half hours late? Well, we're starting on time because whenever I'm here is we're on time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I gave you the option. I gave you the option. It was do it yourself at 9 a.m. or do it when my 18-month-old is taking a nap, which is 11.30-ish central time, which is right now. So basically, we're at the mercy of him. Yeah. He decides to wake up right now. You're going back to solo pod. So I think you should appreciate that we're even getting this time together. And I thought about doing it solo, but the last two times I've done a solo podcast, uh, <laughs> hasn't gone well. I've, I've gone; it's gone in it's gone in, the, in a direction I wasn't expecting. So uh, it's good that you're here. Keep this on control. But this isn't that going to be crazy of a podcast. We're going to talk about the announced marathon fields, some uh, recruiting news, some transfer news. I will do some guests, my PRs, and uh, internet coach. So it's going to be a good Friday mm-hmm. pod. Be a relaxing Friday pod. Hopefully, you know, you're chilling, getting ready for lunch right now or eating lunch and just enjoying some yeah. good old uh, flow check podcasting. If you're eating lunch right now, send us what you're eating in the chat. And if you're not eating lunch, put a comment in there, put a question in there. I need ideas because I'm going to get lunch after this. Oh, yeah. so. oh, interesting. So it could be what should Gordon eat for lunch, but I'm also interested what they're eating for lunch as yeah. well, too. I, I also, I guess, didn't eat a full lunch. I had a bunch of M and M's. I'm not doing very well oh. today. Yeah, I'm off my I'm off my <laughs> schedule. I'm off a regiment here. Um, all right, so let's run through these real quick because we got the with the full fall marathon fields released, and the last two that we were, I guess, Berlin. We don't have the full field on, but the ones I want to talk about today: New York City and Chicago. Those were the ones that were released recently. Those are obviously the American side of things, the international side of things. Um, we'll start first with New York on the men's side of things. Um, the big headline for the Americans is, is Galen Rupp is scheduled to run. He finished out of the mix at the world championships, talked about how he didn't have enough training leading into it and thought that he'd be able to be on better footing come the fall. And he's going to have a, Tough field to go against. I mean, no surprise. You're running a New York City Marathon. It's not going to be easy. But you look at the names here. Evans Chabet, Shura Katata, Joe Nascimento, Nagui, Osako, um, Albert Career. The list goes on and on. This is going to be a a tough field. 
first of all, what did you think of Rupp's decision to run New York City, and what do you expect from him in this race? Well, I was excited for it because you know he he's been doing the Chicago, um, Boston back and forth, back and forth, and you know he's nearing the end of his prime. He might not even be in his prime anymore, but you want to see him in these other majors and especially the ones in the U S so seeing him at New York city will be good for the fans of the sport. And, uh, also just, you know, adds a different element to that race. We, you know, anytime Gallon Rupp runs now, it's still, it's going to be a must see. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be a great performance? Is it going to be whatever? Is he going to have a chance to win? You don't know. And so it gets exciting to see that happen. And you look at this U S field, like Lenny Correa's in there. Lenny Correa's good marathon. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen he. Obviously, he wanted to make that Olympic team. Fell short there. I think he got fourth, right, at the trials. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. he's motivated. But I think if you scroll down to the bottom, the one guy I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to most is Shadrach Kipchurcher, who's making his marathon debut. Debut. And you know the guy was great. 10K runner, made multiple world teams. Uh, it's going to be an interesting thing. Is he going to go out there and be a a two ten guy, or is he going to go out there and be a two oh seven type guy? We don't know. Mm. You could almost come up with a whole segment of just like rank the debuts you're most interested in seeing. I mean, I think top that list would be Gaday. She's going to do it in Valencia, so a little bit different than a major. And we'll get to Helen O'Beary. But then you go and you look at the the American men's side of things. Like debuts are always fascinating in the marathon because. Yeah, there's the middle case where they go out there and the American man runs 212. But everybody always holds out hope that it's going to be the 208 or the 207. And there's also the chance that they just do not gel with the marathon at all. And it does not work. (laughs) Yeah, or a DNF. Because, listen, it's a huge jump up in distance. Just because you're good in the 10 or just because you're good in the half marathon doesn't mean it's going to translate. One marathon doesn't tell you everything, but a lot of times people dip their toe in the water and the pool is freezing cold. And they go back to warmer waters on the on the roads or or on the track. Let's let's stay with this New York uh, race though. The women's side of things is stacked. This is going to be an awesome race. Jeff Cheers in there. You have Gebra Selassie and Sal Peter who are one and three in Eugene. Edna Kiplagat, All she does is finish top five. Uh, and then on the American side, you have Hall. You have Linden. You have Bates. Um, it's going to be fascinating. And as I mentioned before, the debut of Helen O'Beary, a world champion, someone who has a bucket full of medals. I should also mention Alphine Tulimuk is in there for the U.S. Um, but th- this one's going to be very – this is going to be a very deep race. It's going to be tough to get into that top five in this women's field. Yeah, especially for you know the Americans. So, like, sometimes – I mean, we may want, not want to say this, but sometimes top three or top five at a major is not, they're not all created equal, right? For an American's achievement, right? So if it's a weaker international field, sometimes it's easier to get top three and even put multiple Americans in yeah. the top five. But in this, being top five, being top three in this race, if you're an American, will be one, it'll be better than getting second in some other marathons. So, uh, that's exciting about that. You see the debut of O'Beary. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like you never know. We're going to see something crazy. Or we're going to see something, you know, average. So I'm excited for that. And then yeah, we see one and third from Worlds throwing Chep Chircher, even throwing Sarah Hall. Sarah Hall's a, a monster, so she's going to be in the mix no matter what. She's going to be there with six miles to go, whether we like mm-hmm. it or not, because that's just what she does. So um, I'm excited. <laughs> whether we whether we like it or not. The marathon that you were referring to where it's easier to get into the top five, I think you're talking about the Chicago women's field. Because that was the case last year, and that's the case this yeah. year. They have – I know you didn't want to name it, but I'll name it – Chicago <laughs> women's field. I mean, Chep and Gedich is great. She's, she's won that race before. I thought she was a favorite for Worlds. Ends up dropping out. She's the only one sub-220. And then you have a couple others right at 220. But there's a huge opportunity there, number one, for Chep and Gettich to just blow away the field like she's done before, but a huge opportunity for the Americans in that field. And Emily Sisson, Laura Thweet, two of the top names in there. Sisson hasn't run a marathon since she dropped out 
in Atlanta at the Olympic trials. Obviously a ton of potential there because she ran that really fast time in London, then went back to the track and made the Olympic team in the 10,000. She's someone you just, you know, she's got another level in the marathon and just hasn't had the opportunity. Things haven't lined up right for her. That course at the trials was not her favorite. wasn't a lot of people's favorite. I mean, the conditions were rough and a lot of hills. Chicago might be more to her liking. And I could see her if she is, you know, in good form, getting top three in this race. No problem. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but you know, sometimes certain fields are easier than others and you say getting it, third say at the Chicago marathon and getting third at the New York city marathon are very different. And so, yeah, um, that's fine, hey, but that's fine. It's fine. The check, the check cashes and you, yes. you put on your yeah. resume. It doesn't matter. She, exactly. she wasn't in charge of putting the field together. She's not in charge of putting the field together and she doesn't run one in a while. So no. I'm just saying the opportunity there to take advantage of this type of field. Um, and I think she's going to do good on this type of course. So I always, I'm never shy about buying sis and stock. Doesn't matter what the event is. And I'm, uh, I'm purchasing more after looking at this field. What about the men's field in Chicago? Men's field. I mean, a little bit, I mean, relatively speaking a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, you got Tura coming back. He beat Rupp, you know, um, Last go round in Chicago. So he's solid. You got Wolde and Nagasa, 204, 203 guy, some more 204 guys. No huge headliner here on the men's side, but there's obviously there's not a Kipchoge. So you put that aside. But even that, even that second group of guys, um, there's nobody who's like, okay, it's definitely gonna be this person. But it's a deep field, right? It's a you you put enough 204 people together, someone's gonna run fast. The person I'm interested in seeing on the American side is Connor Mance, the debut of Connor Mance, which for a guy who's only been out of college, what, two years now? A year and a half? Yeah, I don't even know. It feels as if we... I mean, well, he did did cross... He ran cross country last year, right? Was that his last one? Yeah, he ran fall cross country. So it hasn't even been a whole year. And yet it feels like I've been waiting for his marathon debut for five years. (laughs) <laughs> because he got tagged with the marathon label way early on, way before he was even halfway through cross country or uh, his college career. It's like that guy, that guy's a marathoner. And maybe it's just the style in which he runs or something. I think the danger in that is we think because like a, a person can't kick, it's like that person will be a marathoner. Now, first of all, he can kick, he's got speed, he's like close races really it hard. Like he does it. It doesn't look like he does. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you go hard in the early part of a race, people assume it's because you can't go hard at the end of the race. But look at his results from the USA. I mean, he didn't make the team in either the five or the 10, but was right there in both the five or the 10. You don't do that if you don't have closing speed. So he has closing speed. But put all that aside for now. The marathon, I mean, he wanted to make a go of it at the trials, remember, but then got hurt in the lead up. And that was when he was still in school at BYU. So we are finally going to see it. It's probably hard to do it in the midst of a college-type program when you're competing three seasons. This, to me, seems like a more organic way to do it. He's still mid-20s, a lot of potential. So this is the guy that people are going to be saying, all right, who's going to be the next person after Rupp who can contend for medals? People would say it's Connor Mance in the marathon. What would he need to run in this? I mean, it might not happen in this first race because you can have a bad first race, have a great second race, and have a great career. So it's not all about yeah. this one race. But what place would you need to see him finish for you to be like, I'm going all in on Connor Man, Connor Mance being the next uh, U.S. medal threat for the next you know five to ten years? Yeah, and when I say medal threat, I'm not just talking about Olympics. I'm also saying that as a stand-in for major marathon performance. Yeah. Like, who's a person who can get into the top five, not all the time, but can be in there. The bar is high now with how fast everybody's running. You can't say sub 210 anymore. It, it's it's like sub 208, right? Well, because place. then you go to, 
it's hard to tell with this field. I I, I actually in this field would focus more on time I'm, than I would on place. Okay. Yeah, because we can assume. I mean, if the weather is normal, which there's no guarantee for this, but you kind of have a feeling of w- what's going to happen in Chicago. I mean, I think I think it's a sub two hundred eight is definitely within range for him as a starting off point. That's obviously not going to put you in contention to win races like this, but the idea being sub 208 now with a 206 or under in the future. What, do what you if think? he were to get second and run 210? Well, yeah, okay, that's different. Yeah, if the conditions don't allow for a fast time, then yes. But there's more, right now in my mind, there's more variables in terms of the competition than there is in terms of how the race is going to go. So I'm assuming if the race is, you know, 204, 205, 206, something like that, that he can run, um, he should be able to run under 208. Do you have a time in right? Low key is a lot of like anxiety for U.S. marathon fans going into this race because Connor Mance <laughs> is the guy. And if he's not the guy, we're going to go scrambling trying to find the next guy because we don't know who's who the guy. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't know. So, like, we're putting all of our our marbles and our feathers and our pieces of things into this one basket. Feathers eggs is the terminology. I made up yep, that phrase. Eggs is what you want. Yep. Eggs. That's the word. Eggs. Feathers, that was close. Feathers are on chickens. Chickens lay eggs. That's, that was my... Eggs my are feather marbles, if you think about it hard enough. So Yes. Exactly. <laughs> feather marbles. Okay, but here's why you should be high on Connor Mance. He's doing the exact same thing that people who want to see the U.S. men succeed in the marathon do which is he's not waiting until he slowed down on the track to move to the marathon yeah. he got he got fourth at usa Gordon in the 5000 fourth he ran 13 11 there's a lot of parallels here to ryan hall not exactly but there's there's some echoes here to what ryan hall did ryan hall moved early on in his career to the marathon and he became that force. He became the guy who was contending for podium finishes, you know, before Rupp came along. But you said that everybody's pinning their hopes on Mance. And maybe though someone you mentioned before might end up just going better, you know, fitting better at the marathon at least short term. Someone like a Kip Cheer Cheer. There could be somebody else, because there's a lot of debuts or people running marathons for their second or third time for the u.s this fall as well too but in my mind if you're talking who has the potential to be a force in the men's marathon for the next 10 years he is the best candidate right now it's connor Mance. no pressure connor no pressure no i mean yeah and listen this isn't new people have been tabbing him with this for a while he ran you know 60 55 in the half, solid half marathon performances. But what's more exciting is you have a guy who's relevant on the track deciding to move to the marathon. And he's had the marathon in his head for a while because he thought about this going back to college of, hey, I'm going to be a marathoner. I'm going to be a marathoner. It's not as if he just was like, mm, man, how much do they pay? Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that in the fall. A one-time thing. This is a, I think he's- this is going to be where he ends up is the marathon. He's 25 years old, so it's not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how old was Rupp when he ran his first marathon? That was right before. Hold on. Oh, I'm looking up Hall. When did Hall debut in the marathon? Let's see. It was it uh, 2007, and he was born in 82. So he was right around the same age when he debuted. And all of us. What about Rupp? So Rupp debuted the marathon in 2016, right? So Yes, and he was born in 86. So he was 30. 30. Yeah, so. Different scenario, right? Because Rupp did the more traditional. Now, he could have squeezed out a couple other years on the track, no doubt. But he did the more, I have, I use my prime on the track. And then now I'm moving to the marathon. And hey, I'm still getting the marathon. Hall was more moving preemptively. 
he moved before it became obvious because I think he knew where he was best going to fit in and it was going to be in the marathon, which obviously he was 100% correct on that. So I'm very excited about it. A lot of times with these debuts, again, it's not the fourth place guy at USA's in the in the 5,000 who's doing it. And you get excited because it's the person who is a ten, got eighth in the 10,000, which is, is different. Connor Mance is, is a different type of guy. And, and uh, for the U.S. men, this is, this is big because they, they need a new name to be competitive. So, Kevin, because we started late in this podcast, we don't have that many viewers. So there's only 42 people watching right now. But, you know, we appreciate, you know, you whoa, whoa, watching whoa, us whoa, in the middle whoa, of the whoa, day whoa. On, a, on a Friday afternoon. But we have one comment, and it's Breezy S. Mm-hmm. And he's eating chicken yeah. Alfredo fettuccine, which that is a bold decision to eat that for lunch. Chicken Alfredo fettuccine like for it. lunch. I like, you like that? Carbo loading. Yeah. That's a maybe, heavy ass lunch. Maybe the workout's already been done. Who knows? Or maybe it's an off day. Maybe yeah. there's a early afternoon nap in Breezy's future. And is there anything better than a Friday afternoon nap? I submit that there is not, Mr. Back. There's not. I will deal. be honest. Uh, when he texted me at 8.30 this morning saying, we're moving the podcast, I went to sleep. You were happy. I was happy. And you were happy about it. Yeah. You, you used the opening of the show to criticize me and question my dedication. But I knew deep down, as soon as Colt said he could do it, <laughs> There was no question about whether or not you'd prefer it to be at that time. All right. Very do you want to talk about some college stuff now? Yeah. Throughout, uh, so obviously we've had so many fast track meets. We haven't had a chance to kind of react to some other non-race news. But in this situation, the two best recruits from the class of 2023, Lex and Leo Boys Young, younger brothers of Nico Young, they put out an announcement that they, um, they're going to Stanford. Uh, big get for Stanford. Obviously, there was thoughts maybe they would go to NAU to join their teammate Colin Salmon and join their older brother Nico Young. And, but mm. they are looking not just for the short-term growth of their professional careers, but also their long-term, you know, education. Because Stanford is the best school to get an education at. Let's just be honest. So, uh, oh, Gordon. Gordon. I mean, not Johns Hopkins. No, Johns Hopkins, Hopkins is the best. No, yeah, no, okay. Johns Hopkins is one, but for elite running, Stanford's the best. I, I thought you were going to say they have an app to pitch and they want to be in Silicon Valley, <laughs> and that's the best place for that. Uh not surprising. Maybe. I don't think you should be any surprised anytime elite distance runners choose to go to Stanford. It's been that way for decades. I think it will continue to be that way, and. They got great weather, program successful. Obviously, the school has a very good reputation. Um, maybe they just don't like their brother as much as we thought. I'm just kidding. I'm sure they like their <laughs> brother. Uh, yeah, I, UCLA I thought was in play too because their high school coach went to UCLA. And it's just interesting to have a program with that level of permanence because other programs come and go depending on how – um, attractive that particular team is, how successful they are, or what coach is in place. It's like Stanford is just this this juggernaut that continues to be able to get top level runners year in and year out. And when is that going to change? I'm not sure. But with these these two guys going there, at least in the short term, it's going to continue. And you look at the effect on the 2023 cross country season. So not obviously this year, but next year. <laughs> Good. There's Let's a, do I it. mean, Stanford, right now in. Stanford's going to have three guys finishing the top 10 this year. Charles Hicks, Cole Sprout, and Kai Robinson. They're going to all finish mm-hmm. in the top 10. The weakness that Stanford has is they don't have a good, a really good four or five. I mean, they have good guys. They have, you know, guys who've run 28-35, two guys who've run 13-37, 13-38, So they have – Talent, but you know, everyone also has a lot of talent. They just don't have like the superstars to go with their big three. Yeah. But those big three should also all be back in 2023. I don't believe unless one goes pro or whatever, but they'll have eligibility to return for their yeah. junior or senior years in 2023. So those three plus these two, Stanford 2023 
could be or looks like they would you be calling the it? favorites. They would be the favorites. You calling it? They're the, are they going to stop NAU's streak? I mean, NAU's still going to find a way because, you know, Colin Solomon will come out and be like, I'm a top 20 guy right away. Nico Young will be like, I ain't going to let my younger brothers end the streak yeah. on us. So he's going to stay for his fifth or sixth year or whatever. And then go from there. It's yeah, actually interesting. Well, Nico sport, Young could be – I mean, Nico Young, if he wanted to, could win five NCAA cross-country titles, team titles. Yeah. Which he's got wild. a while still. He's won two. What'd you... He's probably going to win three. Win two more. What's your – we we did like recruiting rankings before where, you know, unofficial. But basically, hey, if you were a highly touted distance runner – where would you go on the men's side? What's your current list? What would be your top five or top three even? Of what school I'd go to? Yeah. Like where do you think these schools rank? Not just like put, not putting yourself necessarily completely in their shoes, but like Stanford, NAU, or Oregon with Schumacher and Flanagan now, right? Uh, uh, North Carolina is emerging. You know, Virginia, like there's just, there's been some changes in a lot of these programs. And I wonder what you think the top three or top five would be right now. I mean, it all depends on priority. You have to tell, is this kid trying to like become a professional runner? Yes. What's versus education versus a little bit of both. Like, well, where is their mind? I think, is their mind saying, I, I, I want to be the next what? Or are they just looking for a good team? They want to be, they want, they want to be fast. They want to win. Education stuff isn't irrelevant. I'm going to let people in on a little bit of a secret here. You can get a good education in a lot of places. I know, I know that's people, some people disagree with that, but you can get a good education in a lot of different places. But you can also get Go a ahead. better education at other places. All right. We don't want to Also, you know what? You're right. Education kind of doesn't mean anything after the big names. Once it's not Stanford, it's all the same. Well, and I I get it like with connections and meeting people who later on down the line can help you land job prospects and stuff like that. I get that that's still how the world operates, but I just remember when I was a teenager and I, when I worked with teenagers like, yeah, they put a lot of emphasis on these names and what your majors and all this stuff, but then when you get out of college, you realize it's not that linear, right? You can you can kind of succeed going from any place. But anyway, what is your list right now? It's just like I'm I'm I want to say NAU is one, but I'm tempted mm-hmm. to make it Oregon because of Schumacher and knowing what All that's right. going to become. So but I also don't know what Oregon's going to become. There is a risk there. This could all crash and yeah. burn and not work out. So you don't know. Do you want to be the guinea pig for the Oregon experiment? Yeah. You know, it could work out, but it also couldn't. So I would say seeing now the success of Abdi Hamidner, Luis Grijalva, Jordy Beamish, and seeing that, like, there has been some good post-college success for the NAU guys, it makes me think yeah. that you're going to get – a great success in college by being one of the teams that can win a cross country team title. And then also you potentially can translate to a good professional athlete. So let's keep NAU one. I would put Oregon one B but right now at two, cause I don't want to bump NAU just yet. And then three, I don't know. Probably Stanford. Mm-hmm. But Stanford also hasn't really I mean I mean Kai Robinson and Charles Hicks have been running pretty well. So yeah. Stanford of late have started to get get their they had a little bit of a down few years, but now they're starting to come up and showing that they they can still get some good guys and still develop them well. Um yeah. so I'll put Stanford three. And then four five, All it's right. like a mix between Colorado, BYU, 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oak State. Yeah, I guess... Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, Virginia, not yet. Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin. I'll put Wisconsin in there. Notre Dame. Well, I'm not sure anymore. Keep naming schools. Just not Washington. I mean, I was going to say Notre Dame and Ole Miss, but now I I can't right because they don't have their coaches. Yeah. All right, let's check in on the lunch group. Uh, Landshark says he's eating a banana. Leverage kicker says I'm eating granola. Poor choice. An hour before a run. Oh, afternoon run. That's good. You could eat worse things before a run, though. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten before a run? I'll tell you what I have. The worst thing I've eaten before a run. I mean, nothing nothing comes to mind. I I mean, I had a donut one time, and it didn't really go that well because my blood sugar went crazy. But I had a – Oh, I used to eat – I used to eat before – Okay, so when I was in high school, I was mostly around the two-mile. And our meets would start at three and we had to be there right for the beginning of the meet or you're like on the bus to go there. And then, you know, I wouldn't run the two mile until what, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, whatever it was. It was the second to last event. Yeah. And I thought, and this was before the office. So I don't know where I got this inspiration from, but like carbo load that day. And I didn't do it with the, I didn't do it with the Alfredo sauce, <laughs> shout out to Breezy, but I did it with like tomato sauce. So I'd have a whole bunch of spaghetti. Like before I got on the bus at like one, you know, for lunch. So like noon or one or whatever. So I'd have a a big old plate of spaghetti with tomato sauce and like ground turkey or ground beef within it, which, because my thinking was there's a long time to go before I ran. And the first time I did it, like my chest just like burned the whole second half of the race. And then I did it and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then after like the second or third time, I thought maybe I should just chill out. Like I don't need to eat three pounds of pasta and a whole bunch of tomato sauce a couple times before a couple hours before i used to eat the same in high school my body clearly was a different body then so it could handle this i don't and you know i was just doing it but i would eat the same thing on race days in the lunch cafeteria i would eat this is gonna sound stupid i would just eat french fries with homemade mm-hmm. honey mustard sauce i'll get some mustard from the thing and i'll get some honey you know, mix it. I made some honey mustard sauce. I would eat French fries and honey mustard sauce. And then as I got closer, I would eat a pack of a pop, a pop tart pack, like a cinnamon mm. sugar or strawberry pop. Yeah, yeah. And then I would run. That was in my stomach for all four years in high school, French fries and pop tarts on race days. And then I would eat a really big dinner after because I didn't want my, I didn't want to feel like there was food in me. I was always hungry. Yeah, I like how you described the honey mustard sauce as homemade, but you just took two things. I mean, everyone was kind of like, where'd you get the honey mustard? It's like, I I told him I made it. There's honey packets and there's mustard packets. You just put them together. Boom. The fact that they uh, humored you is why we have the current state of Gordon that we do today. Um, uh, Rico says chorizo and huevos, perfect choice before a run. Ouch. and then ramen noodles. Did not eat ramen noodles. Ham and cheese bagel on a toasted bun. Bagel's great. Uh, Gotta love bagels. Bagels are good. Good run meal. Landshark says before a run, I ate a spicy chicken sandwich, lemonade, French fries, a small vanilla shake from Chick Fil A. <laughs> Ended up running my 10k PR after that. Well, hey, look broke. at that. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, I was coaching, gonna, I had a kid. That, he got me. He had me in the first half. In the, I thought he was gonna be like, <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. And then he comes back and be like, actually, it was a PB. When I was coaching, we had a kid who – oh, no, I wasn't – I was coaching or – I can't even – all this stuff blurs together. Anyway, there was a jack-in-the-box right next to the hotel, and he went and got, like, jack-in-the-box, like, the you know, in 90 minutes or two hours before the race, like a jack-in-the-box breakfast. And I was like, you just screwed yourself, and then he ran great. I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. What? Eat whatever you want. <laughs> who knows? Bodies are weird. Okay. I did recently, though, You'll- have a, a foot-long bon me before a run this year. 
And that was yeah. Not- you told us that story. Sometimes, though, eating nothing is much worse than eating something. Christian says Stanford also has Gavin Sherry and Zane Bergen coming in. Yeah. They're going to be good. They're never short on talent. They're never short on talent. I mean, the roster this year has Hicks, Sprout, Robinson, Badeau, Rosu, Boyden, Burke, Topper, Hart. Like, they got guys. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the portal? Yeah, just a couple of portal news. I mean, I think that there's two big, three biggest names that are transferred. Florida Some got might everybody. be old news. Have we mentioned that Kennedy? I mean, Kennedy, Florida got a bunch of guys and, and women. Uh, mm. it's, it looks like, uh, what's his name? Joseph Fambula. He was in the A6. Yeah, he went pro. Pit. So he's, he's pro. So frees up some some scholarship money for Florida. They're going to have to replenish the system, and they're going to do that on both the men's and women's side. They got Kennedy Flannel from Texas. Auburn, they got Favor Ash from Tennessee. That's uh, a big get. I was surprised about that. Um, Robert Gregory, he's a good runner from TCU. He's going to Florida. Florida, you know, they were able to get cha- – like low-key, the champion Allison from Alabama to Florida, one of the like greatest transfers ever. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy who's like just – He's good. He's like a 44 high, maybe 45 low guy. He can score points at SECs. And then he comes to Florida, and then he's one of the best runners in the country. You know, he's like on the world team 4x4. Four four. It's kind of wild when you look at that. Mm-hmm. Or but Florida, they turn talent into even better talent. Um, and then on the distance side, uh, Weber State's Christian Allen. He's not on this list on here, but he's going to BYU. And yeah, he's going to yeah, be really good for BYU because obviously they lose Connor Mance. But now the big three of Casey Klinger, Christian Allen, and Brandon Garnica, that's a good big three. Stanford has a good big three with Hicks, Robinson, and Sprout. Then NAU's big three will be Nur, Bosley, and then either George Kush or um, Colin Salmon. Is the biggest women's signing still or transfer still Seymour to yeah from Tennessee to NC State yeah yeah Um, Yeah. I'm currently going through trying to I'll tell you man it's really hard to find out eligibility because not all athletes are going to use their extra eligibility right so you don't know are they actually going to do like an Olin hacker and become a super senior are they just going to call it a day Uh, so you just don't know so I'm trying to figure out these rankings and I should have them by the next couple of weeks. I was doing that yesterday, but uh, I have the formula. I created the algorithm. I'm proud of my algorithm. Yeah. Every year I update my algorithm of how I rank 18 to 22 year olds running 6,000 to 10,000 meters on grass. It's a unique algorithm mm-hmm. to come up with yeah. Ooh, the difference between the 248th best runner and the 123rd best runner. You got to figure it out. Because it's not that simple. It's easy at the top. It's easy to know who the top 10 people are. But it's really hard to know the difference between 60th and 85th. It's, it's, you know, I remember it's, we, were at, we were at USA's and a, a runner who shall rename, remain nameless came up and wanted to know what the ranking was <laughs> for this fall. <laughs> and you didn't have an answer right away, but you were – you were confident in, in where you were going to put them. And I just thought it was funny. Well, I think funny interaction. he he was like, why did you rank me so low? And I was like, what did I rank you? And I think I was within two places of his finish. So I was like, I did a pretty good da- damn job, bro. I think yeah. I ranked him 13th a, and he finished 15th. Um, right, I'm well, not sure just, if that was the exact number, but I was gave, like, come just on. Gave away the per- you just gave away the person. <laughs> well, no, it could be 12th and 14th or 11th and 13th. <laughs> somewhere in that range. I don't know. He's like, oh, I guess I went- you're right. I guess you are pretty I went good. to lengths to protect the person's identity, and you just – I busted out my phone. It. I was like, look, this is where you finished, yeah. and this is where I said you'd finish. All right. Let's do some Guess My PR and some Internet Coach. How about that? Unless there's any, any other questions or comments in the chat, things you want us to talk about, throw them in there now or what your lunch is. We're taking any and all submissions for this lunchtime Friday pod. Lunch. We should talk about lunch on the pod all the time because then it gets me excited for it. Cole, Who tastes better you when, you're, when you anticipate it? 
Cole, have you had lunch today? No, I haven't. I didn't even eat breakfast, actually. Are you still on the Gordon thing where you order 90% of your meals? No, 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 no. I have, I've switched my life up. I'm now doing a really? free plug, factor meal service. It's great. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Wait, how, does it, how does it work? It's, a, it's not one of those like meal kit things. They actually like just send you microwavable meals and just pop it in for two minutes. <laughs> It's pretty good, you know. It's got vegetables in it. Hold on, hold on. TV meals? No, 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 no. They're real things. They they got vegetables in it. Yeah, Google it. Google it. They got vegetables. Yeah. Oh, it's real. Must be real if that's vegetables. No, they're real. What What caused you to go this route? Uh, I mean, DoorDash is expensive for sure. Cost. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I like and he's like health? no, I've like I I don't order anymore. And then he went and said, I, I just, just order TV bulk. meals. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> no, I no, order... no. <laughs> I don't go shopping anymore. I just shop at Costco. It's basically what you said. You just order them all at once. Do you have to microwave all of them? Not at the same time. Well, yeah, it's no. like, <laughs> what do you mean? They're all microwavable though, right? They're all microwavable. Every single one. I'll give you an example. Sometimes it's like here's a piece of chicken with like some mushrooms yeah. and some pasta on it. And then on the other side, there's some green beans, and you just put it in the microwave for two minutes, and then you eat it. That's that's what I do. Oh, TV oh, dinner. Man. What it is? Wait, so this it's is not a TV dinner. <laughs> no, it's a TV dinner. Fridge. They're fridge. They're fridge. So your fridge is just a, every Sunday night. You just get twenty of these things, and you just throw them in the fridge. Listen, Kevin. I, why do you think your trip to the grocery store once a week is better than this? I don't understand what yeah. you think. You're superior because <laughs> oh no, look, I bought I bought my vegetables individually and then I eat them. No, I buy I my think... meat and my vegetables together. That's smart. Listen, it's healthy. If it works for you, great, go and do it. It's probably better than what Gordon's got going on. I'm guessing. So hey, hey, don't try to divide us. I'm on team Colt here. I think it's yeah. a great idea. We do need a photo of Gordon's freezer again, just for comparison. Yeah. All right. This is a good question we got sent to our email address. Um, what is the easiest age to run a time in the 400 in seconds that isn't less than one's age in years? The obvious has to be over 43 since that's the world record in seconds. What do you think? And this is from Nick, and he looked at the master's records for reference. I have them open as well, too. Talk about the on the men's side of things here. So – do you understand the question here? So basically, you got to run faster than your age. Yeah. So if yeah, if you're if you were 30 years old, you'd have to run under 30 seconds in the 400. So obviously that's not going to work. So I looked these up on the men's side of things, and they got you know the 50 year old, 55, 60, 65, 70. So what do you think? Let's just take a guess here, Gordon. What do you think the men's 50 year old record is um, according to the record list that I have? In the 400. I mean, I would think they could run 50 seconds for some reason, but maybe it's like 56. It is 50.51. Okay, yeah. World record. So they're just off at 50. But then you go to 55, and they can run a 52. At 60, they can run a 53. 65, and this is the best people, so obviously there's – yeah. At 65, it's 56. At 70, they're still running a 57. At 75, the record is 62. 80, they can run a 70. 85, a 77. And what do you guess the 90-year age group record is? Minute 30? 129. So they just sneak (laughs) under it. Just Sneak under it. 89 is what they run um, when they're 90. So <clears throat> what this tells me easiest, is – easiest though? The easiest it looks like would be – again, I mean – and you don't know. I don't have the top 10 list, so I don't know if this person doing it was just like a huge out. Like are they the are they the Sidney McLaughlin of the men's 65-400 and then they skew all the results? But the, the 70 person is, is breaking that mark by 13 seconds. Yeah. So that that seems to be the sweet spot there. But also 75, Guido Mueller of Germany in 2014, he ran 62, and he's 75 years old. That is insane, by the way. Can I just say that? 
in a 75? Seeing a 75-year-old run that fast for that long, I would get concerned about the momentum. Like, I'll get concerned about, like, how this has come to an end because they're going to be moving, and it's got to stop eventually, yeah. and you just hope that right. they're still together at the end of it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go I'll with... Say, hold on, one other thing. The 60, uh, men's 60 record of 53-88, so it's, that, it's between 60 and 65. The guy ran it when he was 63. So he had even more seconds to spare. I'm going to go... 68 is the easiest age to break 68 seconds. Yeah. Also, the 95 record, uh, Orville Rogers ran, well, there's, there's two times listed here, a 221 and a 217. So that's where it goes outside of the parameters. So 50 and under, and then 95 and up is where you're not able to run your age in seconds in a men's 400. It would be cool to see someone under the age of 50. Oh, I mean, like, it would be cool to see someone do it between the ages of, like, 45 to 49. Because that's impressive. All right. You're running, well, like. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at this now. The 45 mark is 49.09, but Alan Woodard was 48 when he ran it. So he was pretty close. close. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't, you know, but then you, (laughs) there's not much wiggle room there. Cause as the emailer mentions, once you get to 43, you're out, (laughs) you are not eligible to compete in this. I would say, yeah, you'd have to be what, what that sweet spot would be 48, 49, 50. Yeah. 50 is the sweet spot. the, The idea of a 47 year old breaking 47 is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the 40-year record, 40-year-old record by a 40-year-old, Enrico Saracini of Italy, according to Wikipedia, he ran 47.81 at the age of 40. Isaac McQuala and Chris Brown apparently both uh, are in the mix for the 35-year-old record. But Does, they were who has the 35-year-old record for the women? I think it's Felix, but let me is check. It, Felix? it is Allison Felix, 49.46. There we go. <laughs> Do you know where it was set? This is a great... Uh, in the Olympics. Let me just read you the other places these Master World Records were set. Ready? <laughs> USATF Masters Championships, World Masters Championships, British Masters Championships... Track and field meet ECAC, British Columbia Senior Games, European Masters Championships, Chiba Masters meet, Lake Erie Open and Masters Championships, and then, oh, Allison Felix, Olympic Games. <laughs> Ever a little heard bit of different, little different track meet there, the Olympic Games, I've yeah. heard of it. Yeah. All right. You want another email here? Yeah, let's do one more. Just one, huh? All right. Yeah, I gotta get Gordon, to lunch, Gordon, man. I'm hungry now. We're talking Gordon about Timmy Chang Alfredo here. and. All right, you want to guess my PR? Let's do a guess. Yeah, let's do a guess my PR. I'm gonna. This I need to get Aiden. back on. The... Okay, Aiden. This is. You should be able to get this one right. I'm not gonna. I'm, not gonna, t- I'm gonna read you his background after because that might give you a hint as to how fast he is. So I'll tell you that stuff. Is his last after. name Troutner? No, it is okay. not Aiden <laughs> Troutner. I'll give you that clue. Let's see the last clue that you yeah. get. But he wants to try to guess his 800 PR, which he ran this past spring. All nice. right? Got it. He did the following workouts the week before his 800-meter PR. Workout number one, eight times 400 with 60 seconds rest. Again, you're guessing his 800 PR. It's a pretty standard workout, though. It's not like we're getting, like, 175-meter workouts. Yeah. Like before. No. Okay. There's no complaints about this one. Aiden is giving it to you straight here. He went 65, 65, 65, 64, 65, 64, 64, 65. Painful, but otherwise smooth. Plus, 4 by 400 at faster with 90 seconds rest. 59, 60, 60, 58. Wait, so you did 8 by 400 and then another 4 by 400? 
Yeah, so the first set of eight was with 60 seconds rest. The second set of four was with 90 seconds rest. Okay, so not much. Okay. And he was able to run 60 flats four times. Okay. Yeah, with the 90 seconds rest. Mm -hmm. Workout two, speed session, one mile cruise at 501 plus two times three times 200 with 45 seconds between reps and five minutes between sets. Yeah, wait, wait, okay. you lost me. Two times. <laughs> he did three times 200 where he okay. had 45 seconds between rest and then he took a five minute break and then he did another three times 200. So it's six 200s total. So he went 25, 26, 26, 25, 25, 26. Smooth first set, but very painful second set. That's it? So the info? my question to you, those are the two workouts he did the week before his 800 PR. What is Aiden's 800 meter PR, Gordon? It's 158. You are incorrect. God dang it. Am I close? You want a second guess? Do you want a second guess? Can you give me a higher or lower and then I'll make a second guess? Or faster or slower? I mean, the, the dude did... 59, 60, 60, 58 with 90 seconds rest after he did eight 400s. And you said he's going to run a 158. Give Aiden some credit here. Okay. Sorry, you. Aiden. Sorry, Aiden. Well, I was kind of going off the, like, you know, he said that running the 25s was hard. So, yeah, he's whipping around doing 25s. Well, he's not running 150. Okay. All right. All right. I'll be 155. Wrong again. The correct answer, 152. He went out in a 55.82, came back in a 56.28. Do you want his other PBs? Maybe, yeah, maybe the 501 mile kind of threw me off. Which I don't know why it did. It was clearly just a warm-up. So his, do you want to guess his 1500 PB? Or his okay, yeah, let me PB guess the 1500 you know the PB. Answer? Now I know this, right. okay. 1500 chance for PB. redemption for Gordon Mack. Let me come in hot. I'm not good with 1500 meter time, so I'm going to guess his mile PB and then convert it. And okay. I'm going to say 152. It's probably. Let's give it to boom, boom, boom. Just, just subtract 17 seconds. It's not, you don't need to oh, use that's the guy that. divided by 1.08. No. Um, no. We're going with 351. Final answer. 355. All right. What's his, what's his 400 PB? Last chance for redemption. All right. 400 PB is 49.1. Okay. I'll give that one to you. 49.99, which is a great PB to have. 49.99 is a great PB to have. He is a, a runner on the Virginia Tech running club team. Oh. So I didn't want to give that away because that maybe would have given you an indication of range of performances but he ran everything from the 400 to 3200 so i mean i guess Aiden. if he can get under 150 that's enough to let coach you know let you on the team potentially right i'm sure he would take a 149 guy gordon just giving out spots on collegiate teams i love it it's a wonderful i i ran club in college so i always respect the club runners doing what they do out there uh good job Aiden. Stick with it. Those are good times. Good workouts, too. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Gordon needs some some work. I know. You weren't terribly third far one, off. Though. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I was thinking high school mode, too. I think that was my issue. Mm-hmm. Like, how many high schoolers yeah. are running 152 right now? I think that kind of screwed yeah. me up. I was just – we've had a lot of high school submissions. So, I was just like, okay, well, clearly you're not running one low 150s. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was. You sh I think there needs to be a situation when they tell me age. I mean, it, well, that needs to be a factor. Or I, I get that lifeline. Okay. I get to use the age lifeline. But if I had told you he was on the club team, you probably would have had a because you just said there's no way he's going to be running slower than forty nine, perhaps one forty nine, yeah. because you'd be like, oh, he'd be on the team, and then you probably were like, okay, he's going to be faster than two. It just would have given you too many hints. But I will next time. I will give you a little more information. A lifeline. Yeah, a lifeline, as it were. Okay, well, if you want to participate, email in, guess my PR, 
flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You send in photos, send in clips. We'll run them on the show. We got other other couple emails and uh, internet coach stuff that we can cover on our show next week. Also next week, we'll talk European championships. Get ready. They're still competing over there in Europe. They're still going. They didn't stop. The, the world doesn't stop for Europe. I mean, the world doesn't stop for Europe. more Keely Hodgkinson, more Jake Whiteman. Just keep going. Just they're racing for all sorts of medals this year. So I'm excited to talk about that one. That could be fun. And then, well, of course, we got Lausanne coming up in, in a couple of weeks. And then Gordon will reveal maybe his 2025 cross-country sleepers now that we've seen working on Stanford. Have you yeah. seen those sophomores out in Newberry Park? You know, they're going to be good at, wherever they, at UCLA in 2028. <laughs> um, uh, I'll never forgive you for making me write an article about – I don't even remember the name of the team, but like they're going to be good in two years. You need to write this article. Middle Tennessee State? Been around, I hadn't been – sure. I hadn't been around long enough to tell you no. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to give the people the content they, they want. Yeah. Yes, everybody was looking forward ahead of – if there's one thing people like about cross-country, it's next year's cross-country. <laughs> I mean, we did a segment on it with the, the, the young twins. Um, sub-pod. We were supposed to do sub-pod after this pod, but because of lunch now, I think we're going to have to move the sub-pod you know, and record I will take the, next week. I'll take the blame for that. Tampa Eagle, if you're listening, I'm sorry. This one's on me because things got pushed back because of family issues. We will get the sub pod next week. I blame Gordon rightfully for a lot of things that go wrong in the show. I blame Colt for nothing because he's great and we're lucky to have him. But this one is 100% on me. I appreciate, I appreciate that, Kevin. How dare right. you prioritize well, your children over the podcast? You should yeah. atone so, so, for that sin of prioritizing family so, so, over me. Subscriber pod. Is, is a high priority, but hey, if you want to be a, be a member, hit join, get that bonus pod out there. Uh, checking on the chat one last time. Preston says Jakob going for the double. Yeah, it'll be fun to see Jakob run. It'll be great to see him lace him up again. Even if Whiteman's going to be in the eight, it's still going to be exciting. Michael says, could you guess my PRs from 2011 if I gave you my last few workouts? Absolutely. That sounds like a challenge that I'm ready to take on or Gordon's ready to take on. Wait, guess his PRs from 2011 based off what he's running in 2022? I hope so. I hope that's what he means. Yeah. That would be I great. Mean, I know those conversions. Do you know the decade-old <laughs> conversions for workouts? Well, it's 11 Actually, years tell now. Me, it's 11 it's a little rusty conversion. at 10. Yeah. That's where I still so I might be off plus or minus a few seconds. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to say? Any other grievances you want to air? That's kind of been no, what is there, doing this whole week. When does the European start? Is it like this weekend? It's does the it start this weekend? Or? 15th, doesn't it? 15th? Is it 16th? Okay, yeah. 15th, yeah. So there's like no track this weekend. Is there like no track and field this weekend? There is. There's got to be something, right? Got to be. We'll find it. If you run there's a nothing. track meet this weekend... I mean, there's no Continental Tour, correct? No Continental Tours, no nothing. Just mm. nothing. Hey. Get out there and get out there and train, folks. Get out there and train. To train. So when does what, what day is? If Europeans are fifteenth, right? Which day is that? Three Monday? days. From now. Monday. Okay. It's exciting. Next week is going to be a on. hard pod because it's going to be like nothing to talk about. We'll have Europeans to talk about, and that's about it. So. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be terrific. Munich, Germany. Dude, cross country's almost here. Lot. Maybe I should have cross country rankings ready for next week, and we can talk about. Yeah, that. you should do that on a separate show. That'll be great. You could. What about this show? Come on. Wait, is the NCAA cross country show not coming back? It didn't get renewed for a second season. No, it got renewed. I renewed it. Okay, good. Okay, it's coming back. Well, then you gotta. You gotta. You could just maybe hint at it on our show. Well, there's going to be there's going to be some news, I'm sure, and then Europeans will give us a plenty for Wednesday and Friday because there'll be at least a couple cool races, and then we'll get into. I mean, the Lausanne fields will come out eventually, and then we got the internet coach, guess my PR and stuff like that. So that'll be something. 
We should find a guest. We should, we should interview some people. No promises, yeah. though. I'll, I'll put you on that. Get on <laughs> it. Get on that one, Gordon. All right, guys. Like, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your lunches. And uh, we'll see you Monday morning. This time at 9, not at 11.30. I mean, we don't know. If we're not here at 9, tune back in two and a half hours later and we'll be here. Yeah, exactly. That's the correct formula. It's it's up to the 18-month-old. That's it. Thanks, Colt. See you guys. Thanks, Colt. Thanks, everyone. Peace.